Hey everyone, before we start the show this week, I wanted to let you know that the zine that we are talking about, which is called Too Sick, Too Spurious, can be found to see online at the website 15 negatives, that's 15 the number, dot com forward slash zine forward slash too sick, too spurious, if you would like to follow along and see the pictures that we're talking about. Okay, enjoy the show. And welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast for a hot and steamy episode. Just because it's really hot enough, because then it's sexy going to happen. Well, I say that. I mean, I mean, you know, there might be. I don't want to sort of spoil it. Um, but uh, it's episode 215. Uh, I've just checked because um, it's very difficult keeping track of all these things. And joining me this week is the ever wonderful Claire Marie Bailey. Claire, how are you? I'm really well, thanks, Graham. I'm afraid it's uh, it's not really hot here. It's been uh, thunderstorms and rain all day, <laughs> so I'm I'm missing out on the heat wave. Uh, you know what? I'd love a good thunderstorm. I was chatting to my boys earlier, and um, they're also on the coast, although down the south um, southwest yeah. of England, and um, they also had thunderstorms. Like, oh God, that sounds magic! A thunderstorm, <laughs> exciting and and cooling. Whereas here, it's just. <laughs> It's just hot and sweaty. Um, speaking of hot and sweaty, what a mm. fine double act we've got. You can choose which one is which. Um, here to talk about the just newly released zine, Too Sick, Too Spurious, is the fabulous Matt Parry and David Allen. Guys, welcome to the show. David, welcome back to the show. Hey, hey thanks for having us. Thanks for it. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> It's an absolute pleasure having you both back on here. Or not both back on here. We were talking earlier. Matt has been on the podcast once um, a long time ago when we did the uh, Tanky Muck one-shot um, on-site uh, recording. We went and actually watched the film and afterwards recorded a few bits there. But um, that's just a brief a brief taste of Matt. So I think we'll we'll get a bit more of Matt in a minute. Um, but just a quick first, Dave. Dave, how are you? I'm good. Um, I've been laying tile in my bat in my new bathroom, so so I'm covered in grout. That's nice because you've just moved into a, a new. Um, is it a manor house? Do you call it a manor house, or am I being a bit no, old? No, I, I no, it's like an old convent sort of thing. A um, convent. Okay, yeah. So yeah it sounds great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. It was built around 1800, maybe a little before. Yeah. And how's it going? Because I know you've got big plans to make quite a nice darkroom space in there and all that stuff. Was that the first thing that you dealt with when you moved in? Was it like, never mind unpacking, never mind getting the bathroom and the kitchen sorted, get the darkroom sorted? Is that what's happened? I, I wish. Um, it's just been slower moving. The last time we moved, I got the darkroom sorted before anything else, much to my wife's chagrin. Uh, but largely because Simon came out and helped me with that. But this time, we're trying to get electricity downstairs where the darkroom's going to be, and then put in a breaker box and some uh, water leaks from the bathroom upstairs and was falling on the new breaker box. So, so I decided I had to redo the floor and retile the bathroom. Um, so it's you know becoming a weird shell game of things to do before you, you actually get to the, get to the darkroom. It's very sad. It, it is very sad. 
um, it would be wrong of me not to inquire as to the well-being of Simon, the other danger boy. Um, have you heard from him lately? And is he doing fine and well up in the wilds of Scotland? It's a, it's a little hard, um, you know, with diabetes and COVID and all that. I think he's having a little rough time of it. So, you know, um, any prayers or, you know, like care packages, I'm sure will be welcome that you want to send his way. Yeah. Well, we're thinking of you, Simon, if you've got enough internet to hear this out there. Um, uh, but yeah, I can imagine being stuck where he is at a time of lockdown. Not a barrel of laughs. Um, let's move on then to having a chat with you, Matt, because as I said, we spoke to you briefly after the Tanky McGuan shot screening. Um, but that was a long time ago and it wasn't for very long because I think I collared you literally as you were trying to leave. <laughs> it's like, nope, you cannot go. Yeah. Um, so let's get a bit of your backstory. Um, give, give us a, uh, a potted, a potted history of Matt Parry and your photography interests. <laughs> These are the worst things. It's like in an interview when they say, tell me about yourself. And yeah, that's true. I that is a bit hard. Uh, bit... How long have you been shooting film for? If that helps. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's about six or seven years and it started off just getting a film camera because it was tons cheaper than buying a DSLR. Mm some cheap Pentax thing and I really liked it bought a DSLR at some point but then in, in the end got fed up with that and went back to film um I mean recently I've been mainly doing ugly stuff that I guess leads to mistakes like pinhole and Holger and other ugly things but I enjoy shooting mainly black and white film um I'm very good at getting fed up with the fact that I can't do it very well <laughs> you know so such as a hobby, right? It does seem, uh, though. But, I mean, given the fact that, as you said, you you've go you go a pinhole. When we last met, you were shooting with a camera made out of Lego and um, holders. You do seem to pick cameras that are not necessarily going to be terribly reliable. Is this a particular trait of yours? I mean, yeah, or, or or is it just the way things pan out? Yeah, um, I, I've got a a Fuji six by nine, so you know I've got a big camera that will take pretty much perfect shots for once. They've borrowed it for a while, uh, yeah. but I don't know. I'm just, I, I, I like the the unpredictability of those other things. You know, it, it adds more to it. I think maybe I'm not good enough to get predictably good shots, so I'll get predictably unpredictable <laughs> bad shots. I'm totally with you on that, <laughs> Matt. I, I um, me and Graham, we disagree on things like Diana cameras, um, and, and like I'm a I'm a lover of Holgers, and I think film in general, general, excuse me, um, allows for that kind of predictable and predictableness. But I, I totally embrace it, and um, I just love it. I love that element, which not everyone does. You know, a lot of people they they just want a sharp, a really sharp image, and that's everything. Uh, that's their tastes. Whereas I like. Um, a lot of what we're going to see in, in in this lovely zine today, or we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and I think you wouldn't likely get a zine like that if uh, it was all digital. You, know, you get more interesting, weird, messed up results with film that you just don't get necessarily. I think. I think. Them. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think that's very fair. I think, as you said, whether if whether you're using digital or whether you're using a. Um, 
a just a good quality camera you know something not like diana for example <laughs> with you just using a good quality camera i mean claire you shoot with your olympus and i would imagine that when you shoot with your um your, is it your om1 you've got claire i can't remember yeah i have and i got a canon a1 um and obviously my polaroid cameras yeah um and, and actually some of them are quite um unpredictable um with 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 things like light leaks and different things but it's a it's a aesthetic that i actually really really like um and yeah um so matt been shooting for six years and in that six years you've gone from uh your your first pentax um it briefly into digital back out again and then i said to holger and pinhole and building um cameras out of lego um <laughs> for 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 a good reason, I'm sure. Um, before we get on to sort of the topic of your zine, uh, let's put it, actually, let's go on to the topic because the topic of the zine that you and Dave have created is essentially built around this idea of um, happy accidents, mistakes. Mm. Is did you decide to do this because you went, boy, have I got a, a backlog of accidents? Because I know people say <laughs> if you want to make a zine, a good starting place can be to look at your body of work and actually just start. you might start to see certain things standing out and go, actually, I have got a collection here. I've got a body of work. Did you yes. do that? Did you stand back, look at it and go, I have got a body of work here. It is mistakes. <laughs> it's just really bad. <laughs> Uh, it, it's something like that. But I, I made a, a zine myself, which is just called Sick, the original one, maybe, I don't know, two years ago, I think it is. It's a really rubbishy thing. Uh, and I put it together in one sitting. And the idea was I saw a bunch of mistakes that were pretty interesting in my work and thought I'd put it together in a zine and see how it comes. When I got to pay for it, we had a minimum order of about 25. So I bought 25 and somehow managed to sell 25 copies of my terrible zine of my mistakes <laughs> so that's where i started at that point i thought you know great at some point to do a community version um and i started thinking about it and i got in touch with dave and said do you want to help out with this and i said jokingly i've got this title too sick too spurious <laughs> like too fast too furious and dave was like brilliant keep it <laughs> uh, I was pretty set on dumping it, but it's still there. It's still there. It's <laughs> a, a sign of a good time. Take the photos in it. Job done. Uh, Dave, when, when you got contacted about this, was it immediately appealing? I mean, you know, the prospect of dealing with everyone's mistakes, was that something you immediately thought, oh, yes, I'd love to handle that? Yeah, no, I mean, Matt hit me up and he said, Dave, you're awesome at mistakes. You're going to help me curate them. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it was it was appealing. I guess I was I I know I had bought his original uh, zine right away uh, at the time, got a little print with it um, and everything. And so I liked the idea of the mistake scene in concept. So when he hit me up about it, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm. Plus, I was sort of turned off to making a zine just on my own work because I tried one once and it failed miserably. And so the idea of sort of curating for one was just more appealing to me. Um, so, which was actually a lot of, a lot of fun. The curation part was, I would say it was pretty fun. I don't know. I don't know if Matt would agree because I talked too much, yeah, but was, I thought um, it was fun. <laughs> no, it was great. It, it really is fun. It was really good to try and work out how we're going to match up these random images from random people that don't have a theme other than, you know, you've messed up. 
So how did you get people involved with this? Was it an open call? Did you approach people in the communities that you knew? What was the method you went to actually get images in the first place? Uh, I, I started off just emailing uh, or messaging on Twitter. And I think Emulsive might have been one of the first people to contribute, actually. I, I said, we've got an idea, and he sent one through like instantly. Mm-hmm. And then about 12 months of uh, asking people and things and eventually got about 40 people in the end. So I didn't want to open it up. Um, I figured it might get unwieldy and a bit stressful. <laughs> and I'm, I'm good at getting stressed about stuff. Uh, and then Dave asked a bunch of people as well. And so we just said, yeah, you're great at mistakes. We've seen some really appalling shots of yours. How would you like to contribute to this? It's <laughs> our <laughs> boilerplate email. It's a good pitch. It's a good pitch. So um, asking for people's mistakes just saying oh we're making a zine based on mistakes um to put something to, that's actually worth while having, cause I, I this is one of these things where i kind of i sometimes feel like film photography can fall into a bit of a, a hole if you're not careful because there's always that risk of um well is this good or is it just buggered up um and and that <laughs> line is very fuzzy in film photography in particular um so when you approached people and said, can you send us your mistakes? Did you, like, were there ones that you looked at and went, yeah, this is just, <laughs> this is just a piece of garbage. I mean, I, I get the impression that most people sent you a few images. How easy was it to trim down and figure out what you actually wanted to use for the zine? Dave, do you want to talk about that? I mean, we sort of did it when we actually started sorting it, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I guess... We sort of did a screen share thing. I pulled up all the images in thumbnail form. And people submitted good mistakes, right? Like, Mm. it wasn't like people were like, here's here's my dumpster fire of images. (laughs) You know, good luck. Um, No, you know, it was, we got, what, probably three images from each person-ish. And they were they were interesting mistakes. There was a few people. We decided, okay, one image from each person, and it was actually hard to choose which one sometimes, because um, you know Matt would be like, oh, I really like this one. I was like, oh, I, I was hoping to use this one. You know, like <laughs> um, so. So actually, it was it was sort of surprisingly hard to to choose between them. Um, because there were just a lot of like fun sort of interesting mistakes. And I think we all have so many of these mistakes that don't see the light of day. And I think a lot of people sort of have in the back of their head, oh, I did this, it's sort of cool, but I don't have a place for it, right? Especially if you work in series or all this stuff, it's not like, you know, you have a coherent body of mistakes necessarily. <laughs> so when you ask for two or three, unless you're, you're um, good at being bad, but like, Yeah, it just seemed like, so it was just sort of interesting because some people, they would send like, you know, three similar photos. Some people, they'd be just completely different. It wasn't hard. It was harder to choose which ones to leave out, I think. And did you have something in mind? When you had all of these pictures together in front of you, did you start to get, because I feel like, and we'll get onto the more specifics of the zine itself Mm -hmm. in just a second, but I do feel like, the zine for all that it is a collection of a very random assortment of human beings across the world um their mistakes varied and wonderful as they are 
but the zine does hang together. Um, it doesn't feel like a very disparate collection of pictures. Did you start to get a feel for what it could be like to start working towards this, or do you just think that it's almost inherent in the medium? <laughs> Messed up pictures tend to have a certain feeling to them. I, I, I know I didn't have anything definite in mind. I know... Dave, when we looked at some images, some just stood out as having to be together. Like, yeah. And the, the first ones are Don and Tim's, and there some weird things happen to their, their like positives, their slide that's gone weird, luminous colors. And then, like Graham, your shot and Emulsive's one, the spinning ones, you know, they just jump out as you as going together. Mm. But then the other ones were just a, a matter of like trial and error. And there were times where some seemed to fit. Like I remember the, there's there's one that looks like a fish with lasers coming out of its eyes. <laughs> and actually the Latin there says something like laser eyes. <laughs> um, but there were ones like that where it wasn't obvious until we had a chat and we had a pick apart of them. And I, I don't think it was possible for me to have anything in mind. What do you reckon, Dave? Yeah, I mean, it was sort of that. There, I we worked in pairs just very simply because it was just sort of a lot to take in. So it was just like, we looked at this and we're like, Oh, these two work well together. These two work well together. Um, and then it would get more difficult because you get rid of the obvious ones, but then it get easier because as soon as we used one from someone, you know, we know that we wouldn't use any more photos from them. So the pool of images reduced. Uh, but then towards the end, you started to play with, okay, which, which pairs work better. So we just really worked in pairs throughout as they became, quote, obvious to us. And sort of surprisingly, it felt like it created a flow, <laughs> like more than I would have guessed. Um, that, you know, just as we worked through, hey, okay, these seem to work as pairs. And um, I think maybe we did a little shuffling for color and black and white after the fact, but I can't remember, um, just to try to make it have a, you know, more of a, you know, so it's not like front-loaded color. And, yeah. But, mm. but um, yeah, we just worked in pairs and just sort of like try to curate in pairs and it seemed to work fairly well. It took two days, right? A two day, like not 48 hours, but we, we had two different <laughs> Zoom calls. I don't know, maybe two or three. Yeah, it wasn't too many, though. It came together pretty quickly. At what point did you decide? Because the other thing which I really love, which I think is such a, a smart, I, I hate saying this because before we even started recording this call, David was announcing to us all how smart he was. Um, so I hate, <laughs> I hate feeding into that. Um, but uh, what I really love is the way that um, is the writing in the book. Um, for, to begin with, uh, there's a lovely quote at the beginning. Um, uh, I don't know, what, Dave. Do you want to read the quote at the beginning of your book of your zine? Oh, well, we let because uh, I, I don't have it in front of me. The and I just have the PDF that doesn't have that quote. Do you want? Do you want to take this, Matt? Do you have? Yeah, it? sure. Uh, yeah, so it's a, a Dostoevsky quote from Crime and Punishment, and I, I when I, I don't know, it just popped into my mind at some point, and it's uh, you never reach any truth without making fourteen mistakes, and very likely one hundred and fourteen, and a fine thing too in its way but we can't even make mistakes on our own account. Talk nonsense, but talk your own nonsense and I'll kiss you for it. To go wrong in one's own way is better than to go right in someone else's. Yeah, I love that brilliant. quote. Uh, I like that, yeah, yeah brilliant. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Razumikin in, in the story is like 
completely drunk and trying to impress some people at the time but mm. you know there's some sort of truth in it that resonates yeah in the world where all the where you read any petapixel comments and it's just a bunch of photographers trying to tell everyone how to go right um, you know if there's something refreshing and going wrong in your own way especially in photography yeah world saturated by self-proclaimed experts Oh God, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So there's that there's that quote at the beginning, and then the rest of the book. And this is something I really want to ask you guys about. Um, now, at the first instance on the first page, uh, I mean, it. I, I was going to say it looks like lorem ipsum. I mean, it starts with lorem ipsum. So anybody who has <laughs> ever seen filler text on um, a half finished website may be familiar with lorem ipsum. It's this kind of. Uh, am I correct yeah. in saying it's this faux Latin? Yeah. Um, nonsense. Yeah. Um, exactly. But what? But as I go through your book and look at the different pages and the di and the things that go with some of the pictures and the titles, is that it becomes quite. It becomes obvious that it's not quite as straightforward as that, um, because some of it looks like it probably is proper Latin. Some of it I have no idea about. Um, what what just what's going on with the text in the book um because uh it is as nonsensical as the pictures are but I, but is there truth behind the nonsense i i i like i like truth and absurd i mean it's just sort of my my style my my wife who actually knows some latin looked at the the zine and just started going through it and you could tell when she got to some real latin she just goes oh i hate you she's like only you would go from lorem ipsum like and then <laughs> but i i had told matt like i just sort of had this idea when he first talked told me about doing this it was in my head like we should use lorem ipsum text right like it's mistakes it's like temporary right i don't know it just felt right and as we were doing it i don't know if it was for i think it was matt who first proposed like I don't know. We were talking, and I think just talking together, we we came up with the idea of starting to integrate some real Latin and keep some lorem ipsum, just to, yeah. So yeah, so there is some actual Latin in there. <laughs> so now anybody who gets this needs to go through with a fine tooth comb and try and figure out what the real Latin is and what the lorem ipsum is <laughs> and what it is. Uh, could could we not? You know, is there going to be a second zine that um, is the key to it so that we know um, how clever you've been <laughs> in all of this? Because <laughs> it seems like wasted cleverness. I actually, I love it though. I think um, what I like about using the text in that way. Um, is it works in just the same way that the pictures do in it it hints at context um but it's hidden and whatever's and, and i think that's the thing with a lot of these pictures there's what makes them interesting and what makes them something that you can really spend quite a lot of time looking at and claire you're just seeing these for the first time because you got the pdf mm. there is that with almost all of these pictures almost all of them you cannot you cannot take them in at a single look. The, the, you you will return to them and return to them, and as you because a lot of them are double exposures or things like yeah. that, and you're picking apart what you're actually seeing and trying to make sense of it, and then figuring out the relationships with what's going on. and And I think the text really leans into that. It's like you glance over it and go, "Oh, this is just lorem ipsum," but then bits of it catch your eye in relation to the picture that it's near, and you go, "That seems." convenient 
but I don't know what it means. What does it mean? Um, yeah, I think it's a great choice. I think it's a really great choice. Uh, have you got the writing, actually, Claire, on the PDF? Can you see the stuff that um, we're talking about? If I, uh, if I make it bigger, maybe. I'm sort of, I'm, I've stuck in front of a pic, one of the, uh, an image that I really like, um, <laughs> so I don't move anything in case. Um, no. Oh, yeah, I can see some of it, yeah. Um, but I'm going to go back to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm not going to fiddle too much. Um, yeah, it's in, in the PDF. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in case I lose the, the images. Um, I, I mean, can I just say earlier as well, um, I did a big sigh when, oh gosh, when you were speaking. <laughs> and what I meant by that is when, when Graham mentioned that you uh, made cameras with uh, out of Lego, um, I, I, I'm in awe of people that can can build their own cameras. So um, I'm thinking, gosh, no, I think this is a great concept. And I think uh, for me, I actually really love all these images in here. Um, and it's interesting to me, it's this, it's everything's so subjective because for some people they would say it's a mistake, but I think they're great, um, they're great art pieces to me. They're really yeah. interesting images. And I think for me, the whole thing, it's like what you were saying earlier about, um, um, what Dave was saying about um, there's a lot of uh, so-called you know self-proclaimed experts and really um, everyone's just got opinion but no one's really who's right and who's who's wrong oh, it reminds I am. me of, I am just oh, okay, right. well, wrong yeah, yeah no because um, and I think you can put put people off because I it, it reminds me of when I went on a, a day photography course once and um it's going back about 10 years and um, there was like, there was a bit of a time in, in, in sort of a classroom setting and then we went out and shot and then we came back and we uploaded what we we, we shot and it was on digital. But but I remember um, the, the teacher, she, it was a she, she had, um, she had like um, a PowerPoint and there was images on there. And basically the premise was, um, these are two images and it was very much this is the this is the this is the correct image this is not the correct image and I found myself and she was like which which what what do you think of these images and I found myself liking all the ones that was considered to be a bad image you know it was either out of focus or something like that and it and I, I kept quiet because I felt like mm, you know there was a message coming out and I don't know if I agree with that I mean I'm just looking, um, I've kept, uh, I've been through it and I love this image that is red, I think you've titled it red, um, and it looks like it's 35 mil, millimeter and it's like a nighttime shot and there's like some sort of explosion, um, it's a very deep red saturation going on and it looks like some is it in some harbour or something and there's smoke coming out and it looks like fire? Do you know the image I mean? Yeah, it's next to the, the, the water image, the double exposure. That's the... right, next to the blue, uh, which is which I really like as well. I mean, that that red one, I think it's gorgeous. And and to me, it's, it's weird. You see that someone would put that forward as a mistake. So it's so subjective. And then I was looking at um, another one, um, which I really like. Bear with me. I mean, the thing is, when when we, by calling it a mistake, anything that was not intentional, anything where you were trying to do something else, and 
you get a result that's not what you were aiming for. I mean, that is mm. that's um, yeah. and, and the fact that the happy accident is great. I, as you said, Claire, it's such a subjective thing. Um, yeah. I I was when I was out with Alex last week, we went for a photo walk, and um, I had a, I had one of those moments where I realised how. <laughs> how subjective things can be somebody's walking along and we were in this very pretty little village called Bybury looking out across this little meadow bit with loads of um well a guy says oh what's that bit over there and I said oh it's just a field full of weeds and then I looked went or technically I suppose you could also call them wildflowers depending on your point of view (laughs) (laughs) because I'm a gardener I'm like oh those are just things that I tear up when they get in my way but to a normal human being you'd look at those and see wildflowers Mm. and they're very pretty Um, so (laughs) it really just does depend on where you're standing with these things doesn't it I mean I'm just looking at another one it looks like it's uh it looks like it might have been done on a Holger camera uh it looks like it is 120 and it's um it's a double, so I don't know if it was an intentional or, or like someone's not wound it on. I don't know, but it's like a bridge. Do you know the one I mean? It's like yeah. a bridge. The pier, it's one a, over the top of the other. Is oh, yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it's really. I like really love that as well. I said that one. There's no way that's really a, an error, like or, or a bad, bad thing. It's a gorgeous picture, isn't it? It's yeah. It's really nice. That's that's something I like to stress because there's snobism in film photography. And yeah. they're like, oh, slow down. Like with the digital, you can take 10,000 photos. And people forget that whether or not you take your time and make a few photos and decide them or you curate a bunch of photos, it's equally hard and just different things, right? If you choose to take a bunch of photos curating them is hard, figuring out what you want to keep is hard, right? Mm. Um, and we tend to judge just on you have, like curation is bad. We have this anti-curation mentality. You can't take 20,000 photos and choose the best ones. Like, well, why not? Finding the best ones isn't easy and you need an equal eye. It's just, you're using the eye after the shutter as opposed to before, right? Like either mm-hmm. way, you need an eye for a good photo. And I think there's hints of this here where it's like, people curated good mistakes, like mistake in that it wasn't what they set out to do. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's a bad photo, but then it's, that's a curation, right? I'm sure we all have mistakes that would not make a good zine, right? Like, I know I do. Yeah, exactly. But look at the photos people picked and it's just it's interesting. Yeah. And it's, I think there's value in um, appreciating curation and photography and shutting up about how many pictures someone takes just let them take how many they want and if you think otherwise you can go push sand (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah no i completely agree i mean as you said there there is there is a big difference between the, the the pictures that you you've shared in this scene which all have merit they are all pictures that i have enjoyed looking at um but also i know that i've got countless mistakes on you know i've scanned it anyway um and um they're they're not something i would want to look at or share they're just they're just crap i mean some mistakes just are crap um so yeah it, it as you said dave it is just curation so do you guys have any particular favorites from the zine that you've seen like out of all the ones that they, i mean Putting mine aside, obviously, because I wouldn't want favouritism just because I'm here. Also, mine's very boring. Um, do you have any particular favourites? Matt, is, she, is it um, 
I I really like um, uh, the blue full shot with the with the red shorts. Mm. Um, yeah, so I'm a I'm a big fan of that uh, that shot. Yeah, and do you want to describe that one for listening? Because that's, that's one of those ones that's just worked mate, perfectly. Believe, yeah, that's Mate Ponds. Um, I believe that's Mate Ponds uh, because I remember she. I, oh, please forgive me if it wasn't you, but I remember she posted this. So I saw this on Twitter when she first came out with this, and I just really liked the texture and how it worked and how the figure just was sort of right in that cross that was created. Um, so it was something that sort of stuck in my mind. So when I saw she submitted it, I was pretty happy. Um, so that was one I really liked personally. Um, that and uh, the opening sand deeps with the, with the girl running through the water uh, is, I think, wonderful too. So... Both um, water themes. So you're a big fan of water, is what you're saying? Yeah, apparently. I'm just like really into water in this. Yeah, but do you know the one with the girl and she's sort of running and looks happy and it's a multiple exposure. Yeah. Sort of things. Yeah, and it's just sort of fractured, but it captures sort of the action of being in a city. And I don't know. I really like how it turned out a lot. So. Yeah, as you said, in both of those cases, they are. Cause I think double exposures are one of these things where. Um, unless they're very well planned out when they can be brilliant um you really are just luck plays 100 percent of the part in it uh, those two that you described are both fantastic examples of double exposures that were done by accident that have worked to create really interesting pictures that make you look at them twice in the case of sandeeps it's because you first off, you see this lovely picture of this girl being caught by the wave breaking and the action and the enjoying there. But then there's this, as you said, this the city in the background going on and it really draws your eye in. You're trying to look and and pick apart the scene and seeing what's there. Um, and then in, you've got this shot looking out across, I don't know, I guess a swimming pool or something like that. And on the far side, so you've got the pool in the foreground. Um, and then on the far side, on the edge of the pool, is this um, boy in red shorts looking out and there's obviously a picture taken in landscape format and then turned on its side mm. and another picture taken in portrait format but it's just lined up perfectly so that the, the two lines where the boy stood intersect and um and you, you know you to, to have planned to do that would be incredibly difficult but when it works like that it's fantastic um yeah those are two really cool choices Probably wouldn't even plan to do it. No, you'd only do it by mistake. But it looks so good. Yeah, I um, I, I really like those two. Mm. The ones that I like sort of otherwise really stand out is Leah Elm and Isabel Curtis, which is the sort of I think it's got that light leading in, and then opposite is this really deep red, and it's just as nice. Okay, I think another. So yeah, we lost you a bit there, Matt. But the, so the one you're talking about is the the um the dark red, uh, a bit of um, a flower uh, on the corner there, yeah. and then as you said, the yeah. building um with that fairly extreme yeah. lightly washing it out, and they almost fade into each other because the colour, yeah, sort of similar. Yeah, yeah. There's a lovely richness of colour with both of those pictures as well. Um, yeah, 
really nice choice. What about you, Claire? I mean, you've just seen it for the first time. Are there any that have really... I mean, I know you said you like all of them, but are there any I that like really a load of them. I mean, I really like the, the black and white one that we were talking about before the... Um, before we started the recording, which was, um, it's like the the moon and the road, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like that one. Um, I like the ones that that Matt's just been talking about. I love the building. I like I like the building one, and I like the one that I've just mentioned, the one with the um, the pier. The did you say it was? I said it was the yeah. the beach, and that red one next to the blue one that we were just talking about. Those two, yeah, I mean that red one. I love it really love it i realize this might be quite frustrating for people who are who are just listening i, I know that um you've got obviously you've got copies of this for people to buy so they can um see it and be less annoyed but do you also have digital copies of this available for should, people to buy do you, do you want me to make a digital a digital flipbook graham should, should i make one you want me to make a digital flipbook? I'll, I'll do that that would be wonderful because then people could see what was like, and then they might want to punch us in the face less which is Always a bonus. I I really love this. Um, It's it's. There are a lot of zines made, um, which is a great thing. Full stop. It's a great thing. But um, the idea behind this one and the way that it's such a collection of work from such. I mean, there's so many names in here Mm. of of people that um, we know from Twitter or from the show or wherever. Maybe just a really great collection of people. Um, And I think it, it serves. It serves so many purposes. For one thing, I I love the fact that there are all those photographers in there who I respect and whose work I admire and respect. And this shows, oh, everyone gets it wrong. Everybody messes up, regardless of whether or not you go, oh, it's good in the end. It doesn't matter. The, The fact is, everybody who's got a picture in this book has got a picture there because they've messed up. That's why it's there. Um, That's quite heartening, I think. Is so as I said, you've got this available for sale at the moment, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, I've, I've technically run out. We've sold um, the seventy-five have been sold. That's, that's right. That was a lot for me. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I've ordered another twenty-five, which will come, uh, I think, mid this week. Um, so you know, if anyone wants to wait for that, please do yeah. get in contact with me, and I'll send them out as soon as I can. And where so what is it just get hold of you on Twitter, Matt? Is that the best way? Yeah, on Twitter or Instagram, M Parry one two three four. Hard to remember. <laughs> yeah. that's, the, that's the code for my bank safe. Um <laughs> That's it. Uh, okay, that's awesome. And like I said, people hopefully will have a flip book that we can share. That would be fantastic so people can see. Um but people really should seek this out. It really is a lovely zine. Um I wanted to kind of move on to just more zine talk in general because um god was it three years ago now (laughs) we decided we're gonna make it 2017 because i think we'd seen then this growing trend of people starting to make their own zines and and what a great way it was for people to get their work printed which is always such an important thing get it off the screen and onto paper um and there's been an explosion I think it's fairly safe to say of zines since mm-hmm. then. Um, and I suppose that I've got a couple of questions. First off, um, have you guys, you've made this scene, have you got any tips for people who, not necessarily in terms of producing a zine, but producing an interesting zine, producing a zine that will stand out in what has become just a fairly well-saturated field now. So, so yeah, I suppose that's a great place to start. Have you have you guys got any tips from your experience with this about what helps make for a good and interesting zine? 
I'd say it's it's sort of difficult for us to give that advice. What is it? Well, don't choose your good photos. Choose the worst ones. <laughs> um, but but I I guess I guess it's it it appeals to people just because it's different. Yeah. And so that's one different, and uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. And actually, obviously, this is the exact opposite of that. Um, but. I, I think I think it would be good to see, and and it was a lot of effort, but good to see more relations and uh, more community based. I mean, most scenes tend to be, excellent. and I think I think that's part of the appeal of this. You get to see everyone everyone messing up, not just one person. <laughs> that's true. I think collaboration is a big a big thing, and it's really helpful. Even coming up with it, me, you know, being on the on on skype with matt it was just actually sort of fun to put together and i think that comes through you know you say you like how the flow but that just is sort of a byproduct of us enjoying working at these and enjoying the curation process i think that comes through because when i made a like zine for my like my first zine i tried to make it didn't very it didn't sell very well and i thought it was interesting and good um but I wonder if it's that's like the collaboration thing is a is a big part of it. You know, you have fun making it, and I think that gets transmitted, maybe. Yeah, I suppose also for somebody who's looking to pick up a zine, if it's a collaborative work, you're you're spreading the risk, aren't you? Whilst you might not like everybody's work that's in there, there's more chance that you will like somebody's work. Um, I guess that, that maybe that's part of it. Although I don't think that's necessarily the case with this because it's such a random selection of stuff um towards the end there it got incredibly stressful in, in the opposite way i was just worried wow there's 40 people in here they're all terrible pictures no one's gonna like this and what have we done dave <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah like i said it, it comes back to that thing isn't it of, of yeah. beauty being in the eye of the mm. beholder um and and I'm sure that there are probably a, plenty of photographers out there who would pick this up, look at it, and go, "What's the point of this? Why why are you you know why is this?" But I think actually for for anyone, it's um, if you're prepared to spend some time with it and look into it more deeply, I think there's things that can be taken from it and. I suppose the hard thing um, when you're trying to take something away from anything you read, whether it's a zine or a book or whatever, trying to take inspiration, it's difficult with it's a zine built on mistakes because reproducibility is hard. Um, but I definitely think there's ideas that you can look at within that. I mean, Claire, you're a big a big fan of double exposures in general. Mm. You use them a lot in the work that you're producing, don't you? Um. I, well, when I was using, in particular, my my Holger camera um, and the Diana, I've got a lot of like double exposures. Um, some were intentional, and some were were mis you know were mistakes. That I'd either like forgotten to wind the film on or something, or one had gone into the other. Um, and actually, one of my favourite shots is that I did was from about ten years ago, where I it was like a beach combined with uh, my lovely dog, who's no longer with us. And and, and for me, it's like one of my favourite images. Um, but I don't know. For me, it's the whole question of um, it's interesting to me how you know it's like the mis uh, what's what's a, what's a mistake and, and what's a good shot. It's so subjective because I think they're all really great images. 
Yeah, no, that's that's fair. They are also still mistakes, though, Claire. You need to cling on to this one. They are definitely yeah, mistakes. I mean, if it's not what someone planned, I, I understand that, but I think they're really they're really uh, great mistakes then, really great mistakes. Yeah, I suppose some and of this... That's the, that's, I was just going to say, that's the sort of the, the meaning behind the, the title as well. Uh, I chose sick for the original one, like sick Garrett script, and let you put in text. If you're quoting something and you're quoting a, a spelling mistake or something, yeah. you put like, sick after it. And the idea is, on the one hand, you're recognizing it's an error and like putting it aside, maybe. But at yeah. the same time, you're pointing it out and saying, "Look, here, thus it was written. This is this is the mistake. Look at it here." Like you can't help but notice the mistake if "sick" is written after it. And that, yeah. that's sort of the idea there. I mean, Dave, some of your work, some of the work that you go to great lengths to very carefully orchestrate, does you know it has. Um, there are reflections of that in this with some of the work you've done. I, I know it's work that you sometimes get frustrated with because you, uh, whilst you like doing it, but you don't like just doing it, is the things where you've done double exposures with beaches and buildings and stuff like that to create yeah. these very dramatic scenes. Mm. Um, you know, do, do you, I, I think a lot of these pictures work for the same reason that your pictures work because they're arresting, because they're not your brain is being thrown at two different things at the same time, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, there's a, a surreal nature to a lot of it. And um, mm. I, I'm drawn to surrealism. And it's true, a lot of my stuff is calculated surrealism. But this goes back to the value also in curation, right? So whether or not you do something calculated beforehand or you choose something for a meaningful reason, you know, those are both valid reasons to present an image, right? So, um, yeah, I tend to do more calculated, but a lot of these are just super strong, like as far as surreal images, and I really like them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but it's that same sort of surrealism where I think one thing that happens easier with uh, film, multiple exposures especially, is there is sort of an organic feel to it, um, especially with the grain and everything. It feels a little more homogenous and sometimes when you see digital doubles, unless they're very, very well done, which take a lot of time. So there is sort of, they can feel less shocking. And that's part of, I think, what you're tapping into is when it's less shocking, when it feels organic, yet it's surreal. It draws us to think about it and look at it and go, wait, what's real, what's not? Mm -hmm. um, and in a world where, you know, there's so much post-production on photos, which I'm not inherently against, obviously I do a ton of that in the darkroom too. Um, but it is nice to, I think, also reflect on it when it's obvious. When it goes, oh, I, this is obviously not just strict representation. So there is... There's something nice, and I think that happens with my photography too. The intentional doubles where people sort of, you know, they, they, they have to think about it. Like, wait, what's happening here? How is this done? You know, what's real, what's not? Um, which is sort of the point of the surreal is to point out the real, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's something that's very hard. These happy accidents um, are one thing, but I don't think there's a middle ground. I think if you're going to try and do stuff like you're doing Dave or like Claire does with her double exposures and stuff like that where you're intentionally using these techniques to try and achieve something in particular um I don't think it's very easy to attempt to make happy accidents I I I would be very wary if the lesson that somebody drew from looking at this scene was oh I should buy an unreliable camera and just go and try and <laughs> nest things up the whole time um because 
as I said at the beginning of the show, that I think sometimes that can be the the dangerous ground that film photography can sometimes kind of waddle around where if it's flawed, it's good. And whilst your zine clearly points out that being flawed definitely does not mean bad, being flawed can mean absolutely brilliant, but yeah. <laughs> but being flawed does also not mean definitely not good. guaranteed good. Yeah, this, I mean, this is sort of the, hey, let me leave, like, hairs on my scan just because <laughs> it's more pure. You know, it's like that kind of thing. It's Listen, like, is that a personal attack? Is that what you're doing now? Listen. Yeah, I can leave all those hairs on your scan, man. You're a hairy man. I am um, a hairy man, yeah. No, it's just, yeah, I, I, I'd agree, too, because I think that is a great way to put it, uh, just because flawed can be great doesn't mean flawed is great. And there is that sort of um, that tendency to do like, oh, it's good. It's art photography because it's lo-fi. And you're like, well, no, you know, like, and you, you know, like, uh, so that that's like you can. And that's why I'm, I try to be very precise about like, well, intentional curation. OK, after the fact or intentional, like taking a photo, but either one, you know, you can have something flawed that's intentionally curated and is very good, but that doesn't mean you accept every, you know, thing mm -hmm. that comes from the shutter press because that, you know, without any thought behind it, it's just, you know, stillborn. Yeah. I know I, I got into a conversation with um, John, um, uh, one of these conversations that you know is never going to get anywhere useful, but it, because it was these, what is art conversations, um, which is always a dodgy ground to start on at sort of 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> um, and one of the things, one of the points I was like, trying to say is, well, do, does it need to be intentional? Because part of me feels like, or felt like, well, because you can just kind of, with smartphones and whatever they if you're just taking a snapshot of something to document it is that art well no because you weren't intentionally trying to make art or well maybe yes but but then with these pictures a lot of them i'd have them hanging on my wall but they definitely were not intentional in the way that they were shot so where does that leave us <laughs> are these art are these <laughs> can we clarify i mean are some of these discardings art i mean yes Right, probably. Also, is everything art these days? And follow-up question: Is nothing art these days? <laughs> yeah, I, I define art as philosophy by other means. <laughs> so, right, like there has to be an idea behind it before for it to be art. And I'm not like snobbing off of photos that don't have an idea behind it because I take plenty of those too. Um, I'm just saying for capital A art, I call it philosophy by other means. So I call photography an artistic medium, right? It's, it doesn't have immediate um, purpose per se, right? It doesn't like wash our dishes for us. So it's an artistic medium, but for it to be capital A art, you know, there ha I, my definition is just there has to be some sort of thought process. Now that can be after the fact, that can be in the curation. And I think that's fine, but I'm saying there still has to be some sort of, um, driving thought process which i think a lot of things are lacking on both sides of the, sides of the uh, both ends of the spectrum where you have people just doing lo-fi for lo-fi sake you know and then people doing quote um fine art photography that's not you know thought out it's like oh great you know like 
that's beautiful but void you know so i think it happens on both sides and it's just there's there's value in thinking about what you produce whether it's after the shutter or before yeah I, that i think that's one of the best descriptions i've i've heard actually uh oh best justification claire does that does that sound does that stand up for you i don't know you know um i think oh you could this is a conversation you could spend um hours debating because i think it's everything's so subjective um i mean for me um Going, if we rewind back to the beginning of the conversation, I think there's a lot of, you know, there is a lot of snobbery and in in all art fields, isn't there, about what constitutes art and people will denigrate, other, oh, that's not art. Or, and, and to me, I mean, art's everywhere. You know, the, the toothpaste tube that you, you know, you use at night to clean your teeth, is that's been made by an artist. You know, the, the chocolate bar that you eat, you know, that wrapper's been designed by an artist. So... The perimeters of what's art are so wide. Um, in photography, um, I, I don't know. I, 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 a lot of what you said there, yeah, ring, rings true. Um, but I, I always think, but you know, I like quite like lo-fi photography, um, and you can have a lo-fi look, but a hi-fi effort. Um, I, I don't know. Um, it, everything's so subjective, um, and yeah, I'm just always always wary of. Um, you know, we've all got different styles, different different eyes, different appreciations. Um, but mm, I don't know really. Don't know where I, how I would, where I would sit. What about you, Matt? Uh, okay, I'm not really sure. Uh, I, <laughs> That's a good place to sit, I think. <laughs> I, I don't feel like anything I do is is good enough really to be considered art. So in my mind, I'm just thinking I take photos. I I enjoy taking. Sometimes they end up being really ugly, bad, messed up solography things that are yeah. just messy and look nicer for being messy. And then other times I I am more focused and, and, and have sort of project type goals, I guess. But yeah, I and I, I, know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a philosopher. I, I teach philosophy. I, do, I study philosophy. But I, I think I just don't feel I'm good enough at art. <laughs> To, to consider most of art and come up with a, a definition. And all the philosophy mm-hmm. I like is against definitions. So, yeah, I don't want to say it's subjective, but I'm going to say it's a little subjective. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've definitely nailed that cloud down yeah. very, very yeah, deeply it, there. It is or it is not something we can say something yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. One, yes. one thing. One thing I completely disagree. One thing I do completely disagree with, though, is people that say um, unless you've been to art school, you're not an artist. And I've had that. I've been in company of people who hold on to that belief, and um, that unless you've been in a, been to an art school, then there's then you're kind of lower down the pecking order, or you you know you, 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 you what you create is an art. And I just think that's a a very elitist. Um, protectionist argument that I completely disagree with um because there's people and people around the world making amazing um amazing artwork if you like and they've never been to school let alone an art school um so I completely de- I completely disagree when I hear that said in, in in debates that unless you've been to an art school um somehow you're, you you know you're not worthy and I think it's interesting to me as well, the other thing of how we think ourselves, um, you know, um, when we say something, oh, I don't think I'm good enough and we can all have self-doubt and stuff. And 
um i think sometimes that can that can hold you back as well or or make you shy about maybe revealing your work um on online or something say am um, i getting psychoanalyzed on uh, the podcast right no, no. <laughs> no, I might be digressing here. I, I might digressing. Because um, sometimes people can be brutal online to other people's work, which is something I sort of don't agree with either. Um, because I always think you don't know anything about people and you don't know where they're at or where, where, where they come from. And you don't want to sort of um, squash anybody. But I, I do anyway, so I am digressing. So, yeah, that's a massive question, isn't it? What, what is art? But, yeah. I thought we'd honestly. I thought five minutes we've got it cleared up, but clearly I was being a little over optimistic <laughs> there. Um, but no, yeah. I think that's interesting. I, I, I think you know, uh, everyone has a different take. Oh, actually, that's yeah. not even just everyone has a different take. I think it's one of those things that if you stop and think about it for any length of time, you realise that it's not an easily answered question. Although that said, I do, yeah. I do kind of like because I think in some ways what Dave was saying about um, philosophy by other means. I think that that rings true and also i think it can hold through to what you were saying as well claire as well lots of things can be you know whether it's the wrapping paper on, on a bar of <laughs> chocolate. chocolate but that's as you said that was designed with a purpose somebody was trying to say mm. something with that they're trying to say eat this yummy chocolate um which i'm a fan of that is a philosophy i can get behind is eat this yummy eat, chocolate, eat I, chocolate yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a great <laughs> philosophy so um that, that, that was kant right I, maybe uh, matt can help. i think he was the one who yeah that was the categorical imperative, eat this chocolate. Yeah. Eat this yummy yeah, chocolate. Yeah. He came up with the jingle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't touch this. Yeah. Um, a critique of pure cacao or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. This is what we like on a nice highbrow podcast. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I think that this is, a, I think this is what I love about your zine is that it, it really does open up that kind of question, both through the pictures and through the text you put in there. Um, it opens you up to think about things. Think about what what makes a good picture. What is a photograph? What well, what is art? If you want to go down that route, which to be honest, I'm not sure it's ever a good idea. Um, <laughs> but you know, it it will make you think, and it will be helpful when you go out and taking pictures. And it will be helpful for you to think. Oh, making mistakes is not something to be afraid of. I think that's probably the most important thing. Is that if you're not making mistakes, then you are not trying hard enough. I think that is that simple. If if you are always nailing what you're doing, you are not pushing hard enough at anything, right? That that's a hundred percent true. I, yeah, I don't get how the pedal pedipixel commenters have never made mistakes. It's it's sad. It's, it's sad for them. It's sad. Yeah. So this was the second in the series the, uh, that I've now decided is a series of the uh, six, six scenes. Um, do you think, is, that, is there a way forward for this? Have you talked about this? Is there a plan for moving forward, perhaps in a, a different tangent? We did, we did joke about it. We said, I mean, Dave, you said maybe 2022, and I said 2023. <laughs> it's got three yeah. in the title. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's... I don't know. I, I like the idea of having a completely open submission and, you know, somehow curating that mess. But I feel like it will be beyond my means. I don't know. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, do, I mean, next, I think, next week. Yeah, next week after yes. I uh, tile the, the kitchen. Um, just uh, No, I like the idea. I think we might have to limit to one submission per person or something if it's completely open. 
for sure. And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, I mean, like the, doing a collaborative thing is is great. I think it, because it gives you such a window into so many different worlds, viewpoints, whatever. But um, putting something together that is both not restrictive for people who are going to submit, but also hangs together in any sort of a way, it's not an easy challenge, is it? No, it's not. And I think I I, I initially wanted to keep it closed. One because it was not going to get too unwieldy, but Two, because I felt like I knew that people would be sympathetic to the project and then not at the end go, hold on, what's this nonsense? You know, there would be people that would see the finished result and hopefully be happy with it almost however it came out. With it being completely open to people who possibly don't know, that becomes a bit more difficult to guarantee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although, if it's any help, here's my contribution. Um, I've got a title for you: uh, "Sick to the Stomach." <laughs> Does it help? Sick. <laughs> we already did it too. It needs to be. We need to have a three in it. Sick to read the stomach. It's just sort of weird, man. Listen, don't don't yuck my yum, Dave. That was a great idea. You know it, and you're just bitter because you didn't come up with it. God. What, what about uh, sick three or die? <laughs> that stinks is what that does no back to the drawing board with that one um, what, okay, I... what do you got Claire, what do you oh, got, Claire? I don't know I don't know I'm thinking I'll think there's got to be something with three sick surely there's something there oh. <laughs> this is getting worse it's definitely getting worse well I hope you do and um I know it's it's one of those things that I think it was such a great idea. I know that it, that in some ways, just repeating it as it is may not be appealing to you because you know you've done it. But that said, so I think having done it as a limited thing where you've reached out to your contacts and what have you and got this, um, the one thing I am very confident of is that there are a lot more beautiful mistakes out there to be found um mm. so maybe just maybe even just opening up more more of that because these are the pictures that you don't get to see on instagram and Flickr. these are the ones that are you know in the bin marked i, I messed this up and it's lovely that they've got a home here um mm. it's lovely they've got somewhere to be so that we can appreciate them i mean that that goldfish i think the goldfish is one of my favorites um and it's a goldfish yeah. that as you said has kind of got um it, it looks like it's a mixture of um, Neo from the Matrix and a goldfish because it's got like this writing or something in his eyes, um, like this red line. Right, um, it's like a um, cyborg goldfish looking very techno future. I would never have seen that if it wasn't for this scene um, and and all mm. of the other fabulous pictures in here. So, um, well, one thing Dave and I had said about was off the back of this having something on social media, maybe an account or something that just shares your messed up shots. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know what we should do? We should have a competition. Um, <laughs> I probably should have thought about this before. Right. But um, I have got, I have got, because I bought a couple of spare copies, uh, I think. Mm. <laughs> didn't I? That's the thing that I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. I got them here. Um, so I've got a couple of um, copies of this, which I could give away. We could do this. So how about we ask our listeners to send in some of their best mistakes and then you guys can help us judge that would you do that would you be up for that uh yeah i think that'd be brilliant 
Okay. So there you go. So what we want you to do um, is, uh, as we've been talking about this evening, send us in um, your best mess up photo. Uh, Don't don't overthink it. (laughs) I think it's a very important part. Um, But just send us one picture. Send it in uh, with the um, uh, title uh, sick contest. That'd be good, yeah. SIC contest. That'd be nice and easy. So put that in the um, subject line uh, and email us at sunny16podcast.com and um, we'll run this for a few weeks um, and then we'll put these pictures in front. We, and we might even try and do something on YouTube so you can see these pictures when we judge it. Um, we're going to go very high-tech here soon. Just brace yourselves, Ooh. listeners. <laughs> you wait. <laughs> if you think we can mess up audio, wait and see what we can do with video. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I was going to come up with a title. For, for, for three sec or whatever. For uh, oh yeah. Also, okay, that can be a tiebreaker. Mm. If so, send us in, <laughs> send us in your favourite messed up picture. Also, send us in uh, along with your picture your title for a third magazine in this. So we've had sick, then we've had too sick, too spurious. Um, if you can come up with a good play on words for the third one, that would also be great. That could be used as a tiebreaker. Um, but yeah, that'd be fabulous. And then we'll pick a couple of winners from that and uh, I'll send you off copies of this zine because um, it's great. Uh, that sounds like fun, doesn't it? Yeah, let's do that. Um, great fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I think that's probably going to just do us because we've been chatting for over an hour and it's really hot here. <laughs> I'm sat here slowly <laughs> melting. I need to go and see if there's an ice cream somewhere. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us this evening. It's been really lovely chatting to you. Um can you remind us again where people need to go both to follow what you're doing and also to get hold of a copy of this scene? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as mparry1234. That was 1234. Uh, and so if you want a copy of the zine, you can buy it from me or wait out for this competition either way. <laughs> that is a high risk strategy. Wait for this competition because there's probably going to be billions of it. Oh god, I hope there's not billions of entries. I hope there's <laughs> lots of entries, but maybe not billions. Billions would be a lot to deal with. And Dave, where can people find you? Come to your house, your nunnery. <laughs> Come to my nunnery. I've got a nice nunnery. You're welcome. You are officially um, now the knob in the nunnery. <laughs> yeah, I am the knob in the nunnery. It's absolutely that. Um, is that your new email address? <laughs> Truer words are never spoken. <laughs> so you can find me at my new Instagram handle, Nob in the Nunnery. Um, no, uh, I'm at D Bloomsday, where all where all good social medias are had, I guess. Um, and, and you still got your Patreon as well, Dave? Yes, I do. Um, and all my my uh, people who support me on Patreon got a copy of this actually. So so if you go support me on Patreon, maybe I'll, maybe I'll send you one retroactively. There you go. Sounds too good to miss. Sounds too good to miss. Claire, where can people go to see some of your beautiful double exposure work? Um, I suppose on my Instagram, uh, it's Claire Marie Bailey. I'm Claire Marie Bailey everywhere on my website. Yeah, I'll have to send in, uh, I think I'll send in two of my mistakes to this uh, competition, Graham. 
There you go. I look forward. I can't believe you would ever make a mistake, Claire. That just, oh, just... no. <laughs> but you did chop your head off in the yeah. picture for the... Um... I chopped... I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we haven't spoken because you weren't here last week, Claire. Congratulations on your win in the Cheap Shots Challenge. Um, your pictures definitely would have fitted within the category of mistakes because your... Exactly, yeah. Your yeah. Diana did mistake all over the place. <laughs> but they were lovely pictures. And, um, and it was uh, fitting that Lucy picked it's the one that was um most light leaked up of all she really liked that one so yeah, yeah. So congratulations oh, thank, you. thank you your first cheap shots win <laughs> first of many i have no doubt especially if the rest of us keep messing up like that um well guys thank you so much again for joining us claire thank you so much for being here Welcome. and listeners thank you for listening this evening we will be back soon with something <laughs> it's also <awesome>, up <laughs> in yeah we will be back soon uh, it's all very exciting just you wait it's going to be amazing um we will play you out as always with um rachel's ben rocha um you can find their stuff on spotify and amazon um, and wherever good music can be downloaded you can write to us at sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com please do write to us and also that's where you send your pictures to in case i got that wrong earlier which is distinctly possible um because you know we need your emails for backing paper and don't forget to keep an eye out we will be launching sunny 16 presents imminently in fact i think it's probably going to be next week but we will obviously mm. tell you more about that um but uh very excited about that um until we get to speak to you again thank you so much for listening and goodbye Good night. Thanks, everyone. Love you. Love you all.